Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Without College podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Butler, and, and with me today, I have the very funny comedian, Johnny Beaner. And Johnny has uh, quite the track record in the stand-up comedy space, and I want to bring him on today to, uh, to share sort of his experience and how he got into comedy and, and you know, what he's up to now. So, Johnny, thanks for joining us today. Well, my pleasure, of course. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about the journey. Well, so yeah, let's let's talk about the journey. Let's, tell me, where, where did it begin? Because I find that to be one of the interesting things about comedians is like, you know, was it something that you decided to do later in life? Was it something that you always found, thought of yourself doing as like a, as a kid or where did it start for you? Um, I don't think I, I, as far as stand-up comedy, I don't think I always, always wanted to do that. I always knew I wanted to, you know, entertain or, or do something, you know, funny but i didn't know what and my oldest uh my old my older brother is uh, one of the groundlings and he's always been an actor ever since you know he was little and uh that's what he's doing and then uh, i went to uh, college in milwaukee at marquette and uh while i was there he was in new york and he try he dabbled in stand-up but he tried it just kind of you know to do and i just thought that was so cool I lived with him in New York between semesters and that was the first time I ever did an open mic. It was at a comedy club in New York. It was, um, it was a bringer show. So we had to bring like, you know, four of my brother's friends cause I didn't know anyone. And uh, I got to do five minutes and, uh, I, it's funny. I thought it went great, but, uh, it was, it was, it was, this was in 1999 and it was like, they, you know, the club would tape you and then you could buy your tape from them and it was VHS. So it would take them forever to get it to you. So there was like a week while I was on cloud number nine thinking I did awesome. And just, you know, and then, and then I get the tape, you know, 10 days later and I watch it and I was like, Oh, they are laughing at how terrible I am. Cause it was, I was very, you know, I was very, uh, abstract and silly and just very off the wall and, it didn't, didn't make sense and I just thought that was hilarious and they thought I was a train wreck and they you know they were laughing at how terrible it was but you know, it was too late I you know I had already fallen in love with it love with the feeling that I thought I got and I, you know so I stuck with it and I started putting on my own shows around Marquette on campus at the you know at the union or the local bar wherever I could get on stage and just produce my own shows and um, and it was great because I was doing, I was, uh, I was on the, the Studio 13 Refugees was the Marquette's improv team, and I was kind of a head guy of that. And so I had, you know, I, I was kind of a, people knew who I was on campus, so I already had the crowd on my side. So I, you know, three years of just putting on shows in front of crowds that already love you really builds up your confidence. And then 2002, I started um, going to like, you know, actual comedy clubs with adults. And uh, that was a real big slap in the face. <laughs> the first time I hosted at the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee, the, the club owner, after one of the shows, he was like, uh, just, he told me to not do material and just do announcements because he's, his club has a reputation for good comedy and I'm not, I'm just <laughs> not there yet. So that was, that was really a blow to the face. But, you know, I kept at it and, just kept going and going and eventually, you know, now, you know, now I headline, well, now that room's not even, I don't even know if that room's still uh, up, they're kind of between places, but uh, yeah, so I, you know, I stuck with it and 
now I'm making a living doing it. That's, that's really incredible. Like, um, tell me about that first show that you did or that first open mic that you did. Did you prepare for it? Like, did you write? Oh yeah. Jokes or did you oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, Walk I, would, me through I, that part. I would go on the roof of uh, my brother's building that he lived in and just walk around at night and just like walk around on the roof, kind of going over my five minute act and, uh, going over it and over it. So I knew it front and back. I mean, it was only, you know, I think five minutes. But uh, if that, and it was, uh, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was very prepared and uh, it just, I, I, I don't even know how I would say I came up because me and my brother, we have, you know, just a weird, just a weird sense of humor. You know, sometimes like, like siblings, you kind of, you just get each other because you, you have oh, sure, yeah. language and it was kind of like that. And I didn't really adapt it to people that didn't know me. You kind of. I mean, it's just one of the things when you're doing comedy, you have to learn how to, you know, just how to subtly introduce yourself to the crowd, get them to know who you are, what you're about, and, and, and why they should trust you and like you. And I just, you know, I was just so new. I didn't know any of that. And I just dove right into, hey, you're going to think this is hilarious because my brother does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like that bias that you sort of, you have to like unlearn or, or get out yeah, of Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, a, it was a, apparently it was a train wreck. So it's funny because the second time I, I did it, I went to that same club and did, you know, I don't know, the same set probably. And it just was terrible. And, and you know, it, terrible in the sense that not only were they not laughing at me, they weren't even paying attention. They weren't even listening. You know, they just kind of realized, oh, this guy sucks. So then they start having side conversations. And I'm on stage, this is my second time doing stand-up, and I'm just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. And I was getting, and I was getting really upset. Just to, just to, you know, I didn't think they were being, <laughs> I don't know why, I, I don't know where I thought I deserved whatever I thought I deserved. This was like literally my second or third time, and I said, you know, and I was like, all right, folks, you know, this is, this is not easy, this is not an easy thing to do. And that like got their attention, but it made them think, oh, he's done. And he's telling us that it was hard. So they all started clapping. And then I, they like clapped me off the stage. Oh, no. So I was like, oh, wait, what? I, I, I was like trying, I was getting ready to scold them. And then they all of a sudden were like, hey, good job clapping. Because they thought I was done. And I was like, oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Tell me, did, did you ever show that uh, the VHS tape that you got from that first show? Did you ever show that to your wife? Uh, oh. I don't think I've, not the whole thing, but I, I have like, I've taken like very select pieces that are like, just so stupid. Like, the, yeah. it's, like it's like five, I don't know if it's like five minutes long. It's too, it's, it's too long. It's just too uncomfortable, but like in very short segments, you, I can watch it with people and be like, Oh, look at how terrible this is. But to watch sit through five minutes, it gets cringeworthy. And you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should put that on like a cringe compilation or something on YouTube. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, that's that's really cool. So uh, you got you had your first show. You got that sort of contagious uh, feeling of you know like being up on stage or, or you know reaction from the crowd. How did you know? Did you know at that point that you wanted to like turn it into a living, turn it into something that you're gonna you know live off of and and you know just I, put I all your energy so. towards? Yeah, I think so. Just because. Yeah, I graduated. Uh, I graduated from Marquette, and then after that, I, uh, you know, I, I tried to get a job in like IT just because 
you know, I had a degree in IT and uh, I, you know, just didn't, nothing, I didn't get any job offers. And I was like, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I need, you know, I gotta make, I gotta survive. And so I went to a temp agency and started working at a home loan place and uh, they eventually hired me on. So I worked at this, at the home loan banking, wholesale lender thing for, you know, five years. And I just, the only, the only thing that kept me surviving was knowing, you know, this is not what I'm going to be doing. I'm, you know, I'm working towards my goal is to not work here and to do comedy full time. And so I, you know, I would travel on the weekends and, and take, you know, time off whenever I could to do, you know, traveling stuff. And I did that for the whole time I worked there. And then I, I did try to quit at one time and they, uh, they didn't want me to quit. So they offered me part-time status. So I was the only person there that like had part-time status with benefits. And it was like, you know, it was like perfect because I could take off anytime I needed. And then when I was there, I had a job. So, uh, but then eventually the company, you know, uh, went under and, and so of course I was the first round of layoffs because I was the only part-time employee sure yeah and it was it was really weird I mean it came at a perfect time I, I was thrilled because I, I happened to have a full schedule ahead of me on the books so I kind of it kind of forced me to make that leap into stand-up full-time but it was it was very surreal being at this table with my you know my boss pulled me and three other people in and he's crying and they're all freaking out because you know they got families and they're like oh boy I gotta get a job and and I'm like this this is the greatest this is awesome. life. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. I get a what is that, you know, severance package and I get to do comedy full time. Are you kidding me? Well that is really cool. That was really cool. And what year was that? That was two uh, I want to say two thousand seven. All right. So so yeah. that's right around sort of when the internet sort of became more thing. YouTube was coming online. Like did you know was technology a big factor for you and as far as like sort of being able to distribute your your content or your comedy you know as opposed um, to being just yeah I, I did some youtube stuff i never i never feel like i've been at the forefront uh, i think I, I kind of was ahead of the curve back then more so than i am now um it's just i mean now it's just gang but you know it's just uh, uh, there's infinity avenues to get your stuff out but I think I was pretty, uh, you know, on the cusp as, you know, when stuff would come out as far as, you know, you posting YouTube stuff and, 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 and do producing your own content, you know, with, with uh, editing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. T tell me um, a little bit more about, about like, sort of like what led you into comedy? Like what were some of your inspirations going into it? Like, were there any comedians that really like stood out that were, people that you wanted to amplicate or replicate people that you wanted to, uh, that sort of inspired you to get into it? Um, I would say, I mean, the, the main ones, like I, I was always a really big fan of, uh, Brian Regan, you know, Brian Regan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he, he's great. Yeah. So I, I saw him a couple of times with my cousin and I uh, saw him live and it was just like, Oh my gosh, that's like a superpower to be able to, do that you know and I just I just I wanted to be able to to create that feeling in a room and I just thought he was so silly you know it's just uh, I'm a big fan of like old Steve Martin stand up I just I just I love I love the silly um and uh of course Jim Gaffigan was another one that I you know I saw his Comedy Central half hour and was just like oh my gosh this guy is you know next level 
And uh, so I think those, those guys are, there's also a guy, uh, Greg Hahn. I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't know if he's, he's not really a household name, but he, uh, he's a great, he's a great comedian. And I saw him on that comedy central when they re- redid that show, make me laugh. He was on that show and me and my brothers would just, we taped it and we would watch it over and over and just howl. Cause he's just, he's super high energy physical and just super silly. And, uh, I didn't even think he was a comedian. I just thought he was, you know, well, so that's someone, <laughs> someone's dad being a goofball. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> and then by chance, my, my brother uh, was on a plane visiting me in Milwaukee. And he, he sat, he was on the plane with Greg Hahn. And he recognized him. And he was like, hey, are you, you know, were you on that show? Make me laugh. And he talked to him. And he found out that Greg Hahn's performing at the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee. And so we all got tickets to go see him. And it was just it was great. And I, you know, I introduced myself and I'm trying to do comedy and, and, and kept in touch with him. And then he, he took me on my first road gig in, I don't know, two, you know, 2002 or something like that um, to uh, somewhere in Indiana, Merrillville, Indiana. And I mean, I, you know, I ate it. I was supposed to be the feature and they bumped me down to host <laughs> because I just wasn't good enough. But uh, it, he, he's just, he's been a good friend and helped me out a lot. And he's, he's, I just think he's hilarious as well. That is a really cool story. That's awesome. So you're able to yeah. meet him and, and go on the road. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Um, what would, what, if, if you were to go back, right? If you, if you took yourself from 2018, Johnny, and, and were able to relay a message to, uh, you know, 2002, Johnny, what, what do you think you would, you would tell yourself, if anything? Would you, would you try to, if you had one piece of advice? Oh boy, I would, I <laughs> just keep, I mean, I would just say, just keep doing, you know, write, write more, write as much as you can. But I mean, I, I think I wrote a lot more. I was, I had better writing habits back then than I do now, to be honest. I mean, I was just a writing machine, especially in college. I literally, there was one, one school year where I think I did three different one hour shows where I would perform for almost an hour. And it was all different material at Marquette. I mean, it was, you know, and it went great, but that's only because it was my audience and I could, you know, I could fart in a bottle and they'd love, you know what I mean? It was just like, sure. Yeah. It it wasn't real, but it was, you know, I, I didn't know any better. I was, I was doing what you do and I was lucky because the audience liked me, but it's it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I would change anything back then. I think, I think, I think 2002 Johnny needs to come to 2018 and tell me to write as much as I did back then. That's what should happen. <laughs> well, what was your writing habit back then that worked for you? Uh, well, I mean, I, I worked at uh, the rec center, so I would just literally sit at a, you know, sitting in a little tiny uh, window where people check out basketballs and I would just be there for eight hours. So I would just walk back, pace back and forth, talking to myself, writing, you know, is writing, pretending I was on stage writing and jot stuff down in my notebook that I thought was funny and just writing all day. Cause I was in college. I had, you know, I didn't have a wife, didn't have kids mm-hmm. I had all the time yeah. in the world to, uh, to write. And that's, so that's literally all I did. That's, uh, that's I used to, I used to sit at a computer and like type it out word for word before those, you know, before those shows I would do. It's crazy. Wow. What's your, what's your process like now? How, how do you uh, come up with new content? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you draw a lot of inspiration from, you know, 
like having a family, having a wife, a kid, like what's sort of different? Yeah. I mean, it, it is all just life experience and like now it's, it's more, I, I do like, I think I do write best when I just kind of go walking and talking to myself and come up with stuff. And then if something I think, you know, I say something that I think is funny, I'll either put it in my phone or jot it down uh, and then just try to work it in to, uh, you know, to my current set. It just kind of is a slow change from show to show, you know, from week to week, working things in and dumping things that aren't as strong. Gotcha. It's, it's, gotcha. it's just more gradual. Because then, I mean, I had the same audience every time. You know, when I started, it was the same audience every show. So it was every show was completely different. And now it's, you know, you can do the same show over and over. And so you can really tweak things and, and watch things get better and stronger. How do you take like the feedback from the crowd and, and, you know, adjust your, do you sort of just like test your, your bits like on every crowd and sort of see what gets a reaction and what doesn't like, how do you sort of, how do you take that feedback and adjust accordingly? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I record every show out of just on the audio, at least on my iPhone, just to have it. And like, if in case, you know, I kind of riff on something or come up with something new just so I don't lose it. But yeah, it's, it's just, you know, stuff that if stuff starts to consistently not do as well, then you could tell, Oh, it's kind of getting stale or it needs to be punched up or maybe it's not that strong. And then if, you know, obviously if something just gets, there was some, there was some bit that I've been doing for uh, almost, almost, uh, I don't know, six months or nine months. And uh, it's, you know, it's a strong bit. And I kind of just thought, Oh, well that's, you know, that's done. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's set. And then I added just something, not even thinking, uh, I think it was last weekend and it just got a huge laugh. And I was like, oh, wow, I gotta remember what I just said. And ever since I've just been you know, saying that one thing at the beginning, it just really uh, helps it. And it's just a really, you know, an extra big laugh line. So you never really know, you never really know, you know, the bits are never really done. That's what I, I find so uh, interesting about like the you know sort of profession of being a stand-up comedian is how you have to constantly go back and sort of like you know look at the basics look at the fundamentals like don't assume that anything is completed you even mentioned like you know 22 or 2002 johnny should be you know giving you a lesson it's like sort of always going back to those fundamentals and not losing track of the you know of like the process yeah 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 for sure i mean it's constantly learning and that's another thing that I, you know, you have to be on the road and there's times, I mean, I'm, my wife is pregnant due in December. And so I am going to be taking some time off, uh, you know, around then obviously. And, uh, once you go back after you've been off for a little bit, there's definitely a period of kicking the dust off and kind of getting your feet again. Sometimes it's sure. nice. Sometimes it's nice, you know, because you can't get burnt out if you have, if you're on for too many ro- you know, runs, it's nice to take a break and then, just kind of step away from it. And then when you come back, it's kind of fresh and fun again, you know? So it's, yeah. it's kind of a balance. What, what are your, uh, what are your wife's thoughts on, on, uh, you know, like, like you're, you're, you know, diving into standup. So, so heavy, like did, did you meet her as a, you know, after you'd been doing it full time and after you, yeah, well, I, I met her, uh, 2006. So I was still working at that bank for just a few months so I kind of, I mean, that's, yeah, you, you, for comedians, I, you gotta, my personal 
thought is that you got, you know, you got to meet someone once you're already doing it. Cause it's, it's hard if you're, if you have a job and you're, you know, a steady job with a steady paycheck and you're with someone and then you decide, Oh, I want to try comedy. That person <laughs> is really got to love you and let you do it. Uh, you agree? Oh, the feature act is looking at me and he's, he's, he's totally agreeing with me. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. Like I have the luxury, I mean, for the most part, I have the luxury of saying, you know, well, this is, this is what I was when you met me. So this is what you signed up for. You know, it's a lot easier to do that. Yeah. That was one of the first things that came to my mind. Cause I imagined like, you know, just putting myself even in a scenario like, Oh, what if I wanted to be a comedian? Like what would my family say? Well, it's almost like, you know, like telling them like some tragic news or something like, like if you want to dive into anything like ambitious in the entertainment industry. Yeah. I'd like to be a clown. Uh, okay. <laughs> did you get a lot of reactions like that or, or did you, uh, you know, like, because I feel like that's something that a lot of people face today when they're, it, when they're planning on doing anything against the grain, you got everybody and their mother telling you like, Oh, you're probably making a bad idea. You should probably finish your school. You should probably get a job. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for, well, for my situation, it was, uh, you know, my, my parents rule was you do, you do whatever you want. You got to finish, you know, you got to finish college after you finish college, you do whatever you want. So I did that, you know, and that was, you know, and, and they, you know, everyone that knew me knew that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I've always wanted to do something in entertainment. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Whoa, Hey, Johnny, you know, Johnny from accounting <laughs> stand up. you know, I was always doing dumb stuff. And so, kind of I didn't have to deal with that whoa that's really outside the box for you it's just kind of like oh it's kind of I sort of was working my way towards that since the beginning yeah yeah I'm with you okay that's that's uh that's pretty cool then you, you had a good support support structure would you say that that was uh helpful for you in, in terms oh yeah I mean man, my wife has been nothing but support like I couldn't yeah I couldn't do it without my wife being as supportive as she is she's you know that's yeah. You know, that's one of the things that she that uh, she said through to me is when I was because one of our we met you know we met I was <laughs> we met I just at a bar but then I invited her to a show and the second time we saw each other she was that's she, bold she was yeah exactly I was talking about pressure <laughs> yeah she uh, so she saw me at that comedy club in Milwaukee and that was I mean that was. That one, that may have been one of the most fun shows ever. Cause it was like, Oh, there's a hot girl that likes me in the audience and I am killing on stage. Not a, you know, there's not a better feeling than that. You know, yeah, like that a rock is, star. Seriously. Um, that reminds me of like that episode of Seinfeld where she's like, I didn't like your act. And, uh, <laughs> it's like pressure's on really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, besides that huge life event you got coming up in December here with, you know, another child's. Yeah. Number three. number three. Is, did you, uh, did you find out the sex of this one or is it a surprise? Uh, the, I think, I think it's going to be a surprise. I mean, I have, I have a whole bit about that, how I just think, because our first two were surprised and I just have a whole bit about how, like, I get that people want to know because everyone nobody you know if you can know why not but like i just feel like it's it's anticlimactic you find you know you can find out at what three four months i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to find out and then be in the delivery room and have him be like all right yeah it's a boy and be like yeah it better be can we have it (laughs) 
you told us it was going to be six months ago. Let's get out of here. You know? Yeah. We already bought all these, you know, all this blue stuff. All these blue <laughs> yeah. So I, I like the surprise aspect. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I, I think I would, I agree with you there. That's probably what I would do as well. What, what, uh, besides that, you know, massive life event, what, what else do you got going on sort of in the future? Like looking forward, like what, what's, uh, what's on the schedule? What's on the, you know, your agenda? What's, what's going on? Uh, well, let's see. I just am getting done with like a uh, four week run. So I have the next couple of weeks off. It's my, my wife and I, uh, have very close birthdays. So we're, our birthdays are in a couple of weeks. And then I got some local stuff in California and then, uh, and then I'm doing a cruise. I just did my first cruise about a month ago. And, uh, so I'm doing another cruise. Uh, those are interesting. Those are kind of tough because it's like you're isolated. I, you, know, you don't really have, you got to pay for internet and you don't have phone service. You're out at sea and it's kind of tricky to do away from the family. But uh, I mean, big, big stuff career-wise, I am recording an album with Comedy Dynamics uh, at some point, probably early next year, whenever I find a place that I would like to record. I think that's going to be early next year. I'll be coming out with my second album. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So I, I don't know if you'd be willing to share this story or not, but th- would you be willing to tell a time where, where you like bombed horribly? Oh, sure. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got plenty of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the one that was the worst was I was doing a post-prom and uh, that's just a recipe for a nightmare. You know, my whole my whole purpose is to be entertainment. So these kids don't have sex. (laughs) Oh, well, should we watch a comedian or uh, try to sneak out? So I'm like at this YMCA, I'm in like the, you know, gymnastics room where every wall is a mirror and the kids have to sit on the floor and they just, before, before my show, they had a guy with like a sound machine or a DJ thing. And he was like playing these games where you, you know, you stick balloons in your shirt and then you have to pop them by bouncing around all this crazy, whatever. So he gives me, so I'm using his sound system. So he gives me a mic, like the mic was a headset instead of a microphone. And I'm like, I couldn't even figure out. So I'm like starting out my act while I'm trying to figure out how this thing goes on my head to all these kids sitting on the ground, popping balloons and uh, I'm, you know, I'm talking about, oh, Johnny, you know, my, my name's Johnny Wiener. Everyone called me Johnny Wiener. And then I, and then I'm, you know, like five minutes later, all of a sudden this guy's sound machine starts going off and it's playing this music really loud. And I look over at him and he goes, sorry, I couldn't resist. And I was like, what the hell is he, what is he talking about? Why is he doing this? And then, and then I realized, oh, he's playing, he's playing the Oscar Mayer Wiener theme song. <laughs> he thought that would be funny but here's the thing like so i did that joke about johnny beaner you know or i think i, had, I did a joke about dressing up like oscar my waiter for halloween or something so anyways you know he so i tell the joke and then he's like oh i'll play that music but it's not like today where it's all digital so he has to dig through his cds to try to find this cd and then he plays it. So by the time and the beginning of the oscar Mayer song you don't even know what the hell it is until it gets to the refrain so it's like, it's five minutes later and nobody knows what the hell it is. So it's just like this guy, oh my God, it was just terrible. So that, oh, and then at one point during the show, I, uh, I literally fell down because I, st- you know, someone left a Gatorade bottle on the floor and I stepped on it and slipped. 
And people had that, like, the kids wanted to, you know, if the kids, someone wanted to leave the room and go play basketball or have sex or whatever, they had, like, they just had me in front of the door. So people would have to walk up to me and say, excuse me, so they could get by me while I'm doing my act so they could leave. It was just, it was the tree. It was one of those ones where as soon as I was done, I got my check and was out the door. That is, uh, that definitely takes some thick skin there. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to anyone like, you know, who's even considering being a comedian? Say they, they, they see that as being a potential, like any advice on like sort of how to develop that thick skin or just how to like, you know, battle that resistance and, you know, take those hits. I don't, I mean, just the only way to do it is just by doing it, you know, and it, it kind of weeds itself. I mean, it just, you know, the art just weeds out people that can't handle it just naturally. If you can't handle it, those people don't survive. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, you just do it a bunch and you have terrible shows and then you realize, oh, it's okay. Who cares? You know, it's a terrible show. People, they don't like me. Fine. As long as every show isn't like that. And then you slowly <laughs> figure out how to, what works and what doesn't. Absolutely. And I don't know what my advice for someone getting into it would be, I guess. You, you really, you really got to be passionate about it. Like you can't. I mean, if you want to get it, you know, if people want to do it as a hobby or, oh, I want to try that. Okay. You know, do it at an open mic, do it, at, you know, do it regularly, whatever, but it's not, it's not really something you can be like, oh, I think I'm going to, I'd like it to be a millionaire. And I think I'm going to do it by doing comedy because other people have become, million, you know, you, it's just, you have to go through so much that, that you just can't do it that way. Yeah. Well, it's got to be like a deeper motivation. Yeah. Well, that is awesome stuff, man. And, and, you know, frankly, I'm a big fan of yours and, and looking forward to seeing what you're able to do in the future. And, and, uh, I plan on coming out to one of your California shows and, and saying hello. Oh, cool. Be- yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I just want to, you know, help, help spread, uh, you know, help spread your name out there. Cause, uh, you know, I think you're, you really have an awesome, uh, I, I just, I'm a big fan. So it's, well, thank you. <laughs> absolutely absolutely any uh final like asks for for the for the audience or requests or anything you'd like to add um i guess no i don't just follow i guess i guess follow me on social media my most of my social media stuff is just at johnny comic uh and come to yeah just support comedy go to live shows and, and come to my live shows more importantly that's all i ask we can do that. We're going to get a big crowd there. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. 
I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed, I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.